HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by 100 Bogart Street, a co-working building in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Need a professional place to work from? Learn more by visiting 100bogart.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, where a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, we're celebrating 10 years of food radio. For the past decade, we've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and more. It's been 10 years, and we're just getting started. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. I have uh, a studio full of uh, some really amazing people today, as per usual. Um, we are, as far as like amazing people go, uh, they obviously brought a bunch of booze for us to try out. Um, actually, we have in the studio today one of my my oldest friends and uh, kind of a, a a legend in the industry. Uh, we have Thomas Waugh, who uh, now works for Lauber Imports, right? Hi. Um, Lever Spirits, uh, like as a the uh, boutique. Are you, w- tell me about tell me about your title, because you're not bartending anymore. Like, so you you were the head bartender at Death and Company for a major food group for uh, many years. Um, I think the the highlight of your career was working with me at Prime Meats <laughs> for like six months. <laughs> I mean, that was the highlight of my career for sure. <laughs> and I t- constantly tell people that it was my very favorite job. That's amazing. Thank you. I made the best money. We smoked weed all night long. Yeah, all night long. Yeah, and man. I drank as many beers as I felt like and walked away with 500 bucks. Yeah, it was, it was great. pretty great. It was pretty great. And it was all cash, too. It was still when that was like... Still the cash game. It was still the cash game. Yep. Yeah. But no, uh, after six years of working with Major Food Group as the uh, head you know, bar director, beverage director, mm-hmm. buying spirits and doing all the cocktail menus for... Every one of the restaurants and bars, I am finally retired myself into a different job, which is uh, being an artisanal spirit specialist at Lauber Imports. And I was hired in January. I'm still pretty new at it, but I'm just out there selling spirits and 
training sales reps on how to sell spirits and educating people more on uh, on like the smaller brands. Yeah. So I I have to ask you first and foremost, like what I think our listeners would want to hear. Like, there's a lot of people who work in the bar industry who listen to the show, and like a lot of people who work in the like brand ambassador, like portfolio manager, like side. So like. What, I mean, obviously, like, after working in the bar for a very long time and being such a a very hardcore, sorry, like, a fucking hardcore <laughs> spirits nerd, to be honest, like, you are. I mean, like, you are. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, that's how I got this job. Yeah. So that's, like, the transition from, like, going into the bar every night and, like, and working with these spirits and like talking with all these people, like the transition must have been pretty easy, seemingly, because you're still in the industry, but like you're on a different side of it. But it, I, I'm wondering like what the 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 hurdles that you came across were like. Okay, well you're right and you're wrong. There is <laughs> definitely. Uh, an easier side of it or I have an advantage I'd say like knowing people being able to go into places and talk to people that I have already known in New York for the last 10 years and being able to at least have an in when it comes to being sort of somewhat of a salesperson Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's a a cultural change it's a total cultural change I am like I'm up way earlier, which is n- I have not gotten used to yet. <laughs> I don't real think anyone tough. could ever get used I to it. I fucking that. hate it. Like, when the alarm goes off, I'm not ready to get out of bed. Yeah. And I'll stand in the shower and let the hot water hit me for a good 30 or 40 minutes before <laughs> uh, I have a complete thought. But once I get going, I actually really like it. And I like, it's sort of the same interactions that I, that you would have as a bartender. Mm-hmm. You're just out there talking to people. You it's know. just earlier. It's just <laughs> earlier. And the perk is that, and I hope my boss isn't listening to this, <laughs> that I am at home in time to watch Game of Thrones on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's definitely a perk, for sure. I mean... Uh, to me, like moving out of because I'm not really bartending much anymore, but like moving into the more like brand focused, like career path, uh, in like more like into ownership of like the bars and like doing all this stuff. It's like I, I find myself like constantly like I never feel like I'm doing my job like well <laughs> you know because i mean like i don't really because i've never had that feeling actually i've always been always selling feel, feel in, very in like everything that i do yeah i'm just really Boss good at listening. everything that i do <laughs> i'm just saying like it's like you kind of like in, like in when you're like repping brands and and doing sales and stuff like you kind of feel like it's got you're kind of your own boss like a lot of times you know like obviously you have people to report to but like there's there's a certain aspect of it where you're like it's kind of like outlaw and you kind of like have to make up your own you like write your own schedule like for like account visits and all this stuff so of like it, it there's like kind of like a, a strange like blurred line between like working for someone it's a good work, blurred line though. it's pretty good let me man. tell you yeah but no you do have to be on top of it because i mean one of the first things you have that to manage I, yourself which is exactly hard. and one of the first things that somebody very wise told me when i got the job was that you know there's going to be 
four or five days out of your week that are going to go really well and they're going to be great. But if you don't keep on top of your shit, then there's going to be a couple days that are going to like, that are going to fuck you real bad. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't stay organized, it's all just about being organized. I've learned how to use my calendar on my phone and on my computer. That's like, (laughs) if it's not in my calendar, then it's just not happening. Right. So, I mean, that's something that, and it also, as a bartender, so, you don't have to have. You don't yeah. have to do that because someone else gives you a schedule, and that's your calendar for the week. Right. Now you have to make your own calendar, and you and you have to you have to make things happen. And it sounds so fundamental, but it's really difficult actually to like make it all happen. It's difficult. You're gonna fuck up a couple times, you know, and you know, you yeah. live you live and you learn. Yeah. Well, I mean. I will say this, like we uh, ran into each other earlier today on the subway and uh, you had a bag full of mezcal that we uh, totally illegally like popped open on the subway and started. You, you, that was illegal? I, yeah, I think it's fine. If you're in a moving vehicle, it's 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 okay to have an open container. Apparently. Probably fine. Yeah, as long as you're it's not sitting fine. in We need one to throw place. a disclaimer on the show, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Ride the subway responsibly. <laughs> um, but the uh, but the thing is, like, th- those are the times where I'm like, eh, being a brand rep's pretty sweet, man. <laughs> Just like popping bottles of mezcal on the fucking subway with your buddy doesn't suck. On the way to go do a radio show, it's like, all right. People around us are like staring, and we're just like, Ian knows what I'm talking about. I do 100 percent know what you're talking about. <laughs> also, yeah. So let's get into that. We also have uh, a couple other buddies in the studio. We have Ian Kearney. Hello. Um, who's also from Labrador Spirits, uh, Labrador Spirits Specialist. Uh, we have Eric Michaud, um, who's the founder and owner of Liquid Riot from Portland, Maine. And they make a Fernet, Fernet Michaud. Fernet Michaud. So, <laughs> let's, Steal the show. let's get going, man. Let's uh, let's talk about some stuff. Like, what, what the fuck do we have in front of us? Yeah, let's talk about this. I mean, we have a pizza that's, like, just killing me right, right now. <laughs> but... You want to do pizza or you want to do Michelle? Pizza, pizza first and Fernet later, right? It's a digestive. Yeah. Mm. We, can, we can start with the Fernet as an opportunity. We can do both. Let's really have a slice going. of pizza and talk about the brand. How yeah. About that? Yeah. yeah, we can mm-hmm. dunk our pizza crust in the Fernet. Yep. Well, Sounds we also good. have some rum in front of us, too. Mm. I mean, like, we, we've got a, a studio full of booze, so yeah, let's, uh, let's get going. Um, so, why don't you guys, uh, first of all, like, you guys work together, mm-hmm. uh, the two of you, and you, you're represented through Lover. Yeah, yeah. Lauber yeah. just picked up our the Fernet um, recently, and and I came down to the city to work with these guys, visit some accounts, and you know try to spread the word, spread the gospel of uh, of a new Fernet out on the market. Mm. It's delicious. So I'm a huge fan of Fernet, and definitely have tried a bunch of um, the old school ones along with uh, some of the new school ones. What like what was your like foray into like making a Fernet like? Like, like, where did this all like? Where did it start? Like, what was the direction for it? Like, I. I but also, I, I do want to say that I, I love the bottle. It has a, a flip top like, the flip top cork, but it also has a, like a bottle cap. Like when you first get it, <laughs> it's cool. yeah, it's fun. I um, I, I I was I've been in the industry for a long time, bartending, uh, mostly beer tending, work working with craft beer, and um, you know cut my cut my teeth bartending and getting into it that way and then 
I opened uh, a beer bar about 11 years ago up in Portland and uh, was buying and selling beer. And um, then I I wanted to just continue creating stuff. And I've, I've been home brewing since before I should be. And uh, <laughs> well, that's usually when we start. Right? Yeah. It means legally. So you know, my my parents were really cool about me making beer in their kitchen when I was younger, and um, and I just wanted to keep keep creating. So I I opened my own little brew pub distillery up in Portland six years ago called Liquid Riot, and um, so just just from my heydays of bartending, you know, getting into the Amaros and and Fernet, and just like we all have, um, you know, you go, I, you talk to any bartender who's worth their salt, and and they're into this stuff, and I you know I, I have access to make anything I want. I've got this amazing playground. And we make 12 different spirits up there. Um, and I said, well, I'm going to make a Fernet because why not? Well, I can. Yeah. Maine's a beautiful place, too. Maine's yeah. great. Good and place to be it's, we're right on the waterfront, right on the ocean. We've got the salt air there. Um, I have access to a lot of ingredients um, in you know, a small world, so I, you, can get, you can get ingredients from anywhere in the world. But you know, we're, we're using as much organic product as we can. There's 22 botanicals in this. Um, it's an organic wheat-based spirit. We barrel age it in X wine barrels, so I'm, I'm dealing with really cool cooperage, um, dealing with different producers to and suppliers to find barrels and find the botanicals, and um, it's it's a really fun project. And uh, no, nobody else was doing it. You know, yeah. um, there were some people out on the West Coast doing some fernet. Yeah, and uh, there were some people like in the Pacific Northwest uh, and. Uh, some like kind of like in the mid Atlantic, uh, kind of area like like in the Carolinas, there were some people mm-hmm. doing it, but like yep. not so much. Uh, not here. not in the Northeast, not yeah, not New England. I think we're still the only well, Fernet Arcane, producers in New England. Or Arcane, whatever that is, is yeah. it Arcane or yeah. Arcane? Arcane, Arcane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're yeah. in the city area. But uh, it's 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 an interesting category to jump into, you know. Like the, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with like the like. Obviously, like it, a lot of it comes from like you know the old bartender's handshake. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, like For in sure. Chicago, you're drinking a bunch of Merlot, you know, and like it, you know, and like everywhere else, you're drinking like Fernet, you know. <laughs> I love Merlot. Let's just put that on the record. I do too. God, it's I so do good. Too. So good. Um, it, you know, there's uh, like the the interesting like if you had started making a Fernet 15 years ago. No it one probably would have wouldn't have worked out, you know. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's a really great time to start. Yeah, been like, it. what the yeah. fuck is this? Also, like, honestly, Shit like tasting <laughs> it could have taken off. Tasting this, you know, like it, I mean, it could have. No, but I mean, no. like, there's why didn't Malort? But when off, did you know? when but did like, Fernet Branco really hit the market like big time? I mean, we know it's been like it's been around since 1845. But what when did it actually hit the American market in like a major way? I remember when it I first had it. And I thought it was like the coolest thing of all time. And I must have been 20 years old yeah. in San Francisco. I had it for the first time in, in Oklahoma City when I was like maybe 20 or 21. Yeah. And I, I was, my mind was blown. But like, it was also like, it takes an adventurous kind of like personality to True. be in it and stuff like this. But, but also, you know, they also say that Campari is uh, you either love it or you hate it sort of thing. Yeah. I don't think that's true. I think that the first time you taste Campari, it tastes like poison. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. like the fifth or sixth time you drink it, you're like, 
I am addicted to this. I need to have it now. Well, your mm-hmm. body kind of tells you that you should probably have this because yeah, the medicinal like herbaceous qualities. Like your body actually wants it. Your palate might not. It's kind of like it. the first time you have anal, but then like by the fourth right, time, right, you're right. like super. Yeah, into you get that. used to it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we're not live right now. <laughs> you guys really gonna? I mean. These are the guys that are repping repping my product. Yeah, hey, what's up? Um, no, not me. That, that was Prudent the end. Show loves anal. Yeah. Live. <laughs> Live. In, so, li- in living color. See, the uh, the thing is, like, it, it does, it, like, takes, it's, like, not, like, it, it's kind of, it is an acquired taste, but at the same time, I've always thought this way about, like, any kind of bitters. Like, it's an acquired taste, but it's really, it's already built into your system as something that your body, like, already wants. Well, it's built into our system, but right. if you look back on, you know, traditionally like bitter bitter things bitter barks and herbs and it, they were if you ate them as a so as a prehistoric they were actually person poison. it yeah. was that poison. was your way that your body telling you there is a an alert that would go off on yeah. your palate telling you that this is not something that you should be eating right. it's like why kids uh young children don't like like broccoli or anything i mean or, it has or like an auto like yeah it's like an auto response until your you know your mind can understand that it's just a flavor i mean like talk coffee you know a lot of young kids don't like coffee but when you grow up you understand hey this has a medicinal property and the coffee rules and it is inherently bitter it's and delicious drugs. it's drugs we're, we're also <laughs> we're also consuming so much sugar you know yeah. everything's got so much sugar well, in yeah it. everyone in like north america like fucking consumes it, way too much yeah, <clears> i'm a rum nerd it's, it's a real right problem with you um well if you just america it, that's i mean great. america but yeah, oh, yeah we're, we're eating. We're eating. We're consuming so much sugar. You know, sugary soft drinks and and sugar and all the food products unnecessary. You know, unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So our bodies have gotten accustomed to consuming sugar and and getting these easy calories. Right. Um, I think you know historically before this crazy sugar boom, we were eating healthier. Humans were eating more natural products and had a different palate and, and probably were consuming things that were a little more bitter mm-hmm. and, and actually better for us um, because point. it is better for us. And, mm-hmm. and, but now we've just, we've gone down a really dark yeah. hole with our, well, it's, it's all cyclical and it all comes from like teetotaling prohibition era. Like the subsidization of agriculture started based on the fact that there was all this bullshit that going, that was going on during like prohibition mm-hmm. jobs were lost industries kind of crumbling you know then they're like all right cool well we'll pump all this uh attention over to agriculture you start like fucking around with like high fructose corn syrup and then like that starts going into everything and then it just fucks everything up so basically what i'm gonna say is should have never should never told me not to have a drink you know (laughs) on that note can i can i go back real quick and ask you you a question i'm asking Eric Michaud a question right now. Certainly. Which is... Thomas Waugh is asking Eric Michaud a question. Right, right this now. is Thomas Waugh. I'm asking Eric Michaud a question <laughs> on the radio. Just making sure. Um, do you personally, since you make this fernet, and I'm sure you've tasted all of these herbs and spices and everything that goes into it, do you personally enjoy tasting each one individually? Definitely not. Exactly. Definitely not. So how does it make sense to, and what happens in the, in a distillation process and you know, the maceration process, what happens to make it suddenly all come into harmonization and taste good in a final product? 
It's got to be fucking sugar. Uh, no, it's not. I mean, I'm just assuming, but you tell me what. Tell me what your answer is. Yeah, no, actually, that's that's a good that's a good question. A good so, something to really think about. Um, it's it's the process <laughs> that, that we went through to create this recipe was um, distilling each individual botanical and macerating each each botanical, and and we went through dozens. I don't even know how many, forty or fifty different botanicals. Um, and some of them you try by themselves and, and it, they taste great and you're like, okay, this is going to work somehow. Some of them, they taste terrible, just fucking awful. Um, <laughs> which so, ones? Tell me which I, ones. I don't remember. Like you know, Gentian? Like, no, we've got... Gentian doesn't taste good on its own. No, it tastes terrible on its, it's own. It's bitter as fuck. It's bitter, yeah, yeah. But, you know, some of them aren't too bad. Like, like a lot of these botanicals don't necessarily taste good by themselves, but they're not awful. Right. Um, so the awful ones you just kind of kick to the side. The ones that aren't terrible... You get a feel. I mean, it's it's like it's like mixing a drink. It's it's building a cocktail. You know, you taste something by itself, or it's it's creating a recipe. It's it's cooking. Um, you know, mm-hmm. this by itself tastes one way, but you know that if you pair it with something else, it's going to change it. And um, you know, just being in the industry, you guys all understand that. Um, and and any good chef understands that. So, it, it if you think of it like that, like you're you're just building this recipe, and, and you you start with something. Maybe you start with one of the botanicals that tastes a little better. And then you add something else to it and see what happens. Then you add a, a third one and you, and you build it like that. Um, and then at some point you start to get this base that's like, this is a really sweet base. And, and once you have this nice base with whatever is in it, you can then start adding more to it and it doesn't change it so much. It's just like subtle, subtle little splashes, this little, little pinch of salt here, a little pepper there. Um, so you start to need you need to start adding structure yeah and complexity and things that are going to bring it back or maybe bring some more high tones or something exactly yeah totally that, and that's exactly what it is once you get this base down you start thinking okay if we add this give it a little pop here maybe right. make it a little more subtle there um, and yeah, just we know and all this stuff up. works really well together now we need to add the je ne sais quoi <laughs> exactly Style and actually for me, um, out, of, out of these 22 botanicals, for me, the, the icing on the cake was burdock root. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's oh. come up a bunch. And, Let's taste it. And people have tasted that. I'm note, tasting the shit out of it right now. Yeah, we, we had... We had uh, I thought we were going to wait for the talk. <laughs> we you had, guys already poured? What? Yeah, oh, man. Jesus. I You're was, late, dude. I was waiting, dude. Okay. Um, and then in talking about sugar sweetness, we actually use very, very little sugar in this because I don't like cloyingly sticky sweet things. And I think most people... Um, but it's... A, it's but it is a palate stimulator. It know? is, and and because of the bitterness in this, <laughs> yeah, that's real, real true tasting. Yeah, you, you get to taste more of all the ingredients based on like the sugar, salt, <laughs> salt. That's the same thing. Yeah, but um, I going back to what you were saying earlier about like uh, like some of these or some can't like 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 you were saying like uh, gentian is like kind of like. It's not great on its own, but like it, it's like. Well, and a lot of fernets are just way too, way too harsh on the gentian, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and the wormwood. They're, but they're so bitter that you can barely fucking drink them. In my opinion, this is yeah. my own opinion. Yeah, clearly. I'm sure, there's a lot of nerds out there that like that, that <laughs> flavor, but I, I mean, do not. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. What were you saying? No, I was just gonna say that like there are certain ingredients that go in, like botanically, like that go into different spirits. Gin, Amaro, mm-hmm. Fernet, um, things like orris root, cacao nibs, like uh, Angelica, which does for sure. part flavor, but like the the licorice, 
the gives you it might give you more like it gives stimulation you, it, too. Like, yeah, it, it, they build up the other. It, they bond and build up the other flavors. Mm-hmm. It's like it's kind of like like when you're recording, you always like. There's no such thing as silence. It's not a real thing, right. you know. So like like whenever you're recording, like you're doing like a, a radio or TV spot, like you always like there's always one track. Let's try it, silence right now, real quick. Okay, let's. It's talk. not going to happen. Okay. No, come on. Because here's what I'm going to explain to you. Because like, you can't stop talking. No, that. Well, yeah, <laughs> sure. There's that for sure. But like, right, you always see. like record a silent room for room tone. There's certain ingredients that go into like, like a lot of times like when you're talking about like a, a Fernet or an Amaro or a gin, you know, that has like a billion goddamn ingredients in it. It's like. You're not going to taste every one of those. It's like the harmonization, as you said before, of all those ingredients together. A lot of them are going to go by the wayside, like from your palate. But it's it's important to have those in there, and that's where I like one of my favorite ingredients is it's orris root, and it, it does nothing for the flavor, but, but it does. Yeah, you it's stimulation. I mean? it, it brings all the other flavors mm-hmm. around. On that note, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll return, and we I think we should, maybe we'll make a cocktail or something. I don't know. But uh, we'll be back in just a moment, listening to the speakeasy, and cheers for the break. Cheers to the guys. Cheers. This episode is brought to you by 100 Bogart a new building in Bushwick, Brooklyn, that provides offices, co-working, event spaces, and a brand new podcast recording room. Have you been dreaming of starting your very own podcast in Brooklyn? You can now rent space in 100 Bogart's custom-built podcast room to record interviews, voiceover, and commentary. The room is fitted out with two microphones, mixing board, and a MacBook Pro running Pro Tools. You can rent the space by the hour, and a rental of an hour or more includes a 100 Bogart co-working pass. That means complimentary coffee, tea, and access to your own desk for the rest of the day. So what are you waiting for? Get started on your next audio project. 100 Bogart has the space and amenities you need to kickstart your podcast. Learn more at 100bogart.com or call their team at 718 362 3539. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Allison Kane, and I'm the host of In the Sauce here on HRN. Now that I'm expanding my cooking school to a sauce line in grocery stores, I need all the help I can get. And I want to help other entrepreneurs build their brands too. You can find In the Sauce wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. And we're back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. And we've got a bunch of Fernet and some rum and some dudes in the studio. And let's talk about... Okay, so we talked about a little bit. We kind of uh, touched on it in the first half of the show about like some of the botanicals went into it. What was the... Fo- like, there's certain... Like, I feel like every like kind of bitter category, like spirit, like they always have like something in the... like. It's obviously it's like we we talked about like the, the sum of all the parts before in the first half, but like there's I feel like there's always like a, a lead Something ingredient, that sticks out. you know? Yeah. yeah so like yeah. what what's yeah. what's Major your bullet lead points ingredient? here? Yeah. 
Yeah, when uh, when I was developing this and, and researching it, um, kind of looking at, you know, obviously tasting as much different style for that as I, I get my hands on and uh, trying to figure out... Research. If, yeah, yeah. Full, full research and development. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I did a lot of researching last night. My, my, my kids love it when I'm researching all day. <laughs> Daddy's drunk again. Um, He's working. <laughs> it's, uh, He's angry. <laughs> Wait, he's really happy now. <laughs> he's had a long day at work. Run! Um, <laughs> we, we, I, uh, I, I, I was trying to figure out if there is like a set definition for what is Fernet, and my research shows there's really nothing. There's, there's no real parameters to say what Fernet is. So that I was, was going to be my question: is what was makes Fernet Fernet? Yeah, you know, most things have a definition. Rum has a clear definition; it has to be cane based. Mm-hmm. Um, whiskey has a clear definition; it has to be grain based. Fernet as far as I've found, has no clear definition for it. I've always thought of, like, Fernet and Amaro. I mean, obviously, they're, like, obviously, they're they're in the same category. Yeah. But Fernet and Amaro, to me, are different. I, I, at least for me, I personally. Agree. I agree. They, Amaro is always, like, there's always... They taste always, different. Well, sure. They all, well, goddammit, It's it, all Thomas, the same umbrella, all, right? But, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's under the bitter category, mm-hmm. right? But like, that's why I've been taking Amaro this entire time. Amaro, you know? Amaro's always like, there's always like a citrus element to mm-hmm. it, where heavier sugar, generally. heavier sugar, and then Fernet is more like just straight up herbs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's like a, a pretty simple way of better. describing both of those. I would agree with that. Agreed. Yeah, really? I mean, my, my understanding is that Amaro is the big umbrella, mm-hmm. and Fernet falls under that. Sure umbrella so so it is like it's kind of a side performer but i agree with everything you said mm-hmm. and and when i was tasting different fernet that's kind of what i've i was finding it's like okay it's it's more herbaceous bitterness uh mint for me it was mint forward always mm-hmm. mint forward and a, a really like rooty kind of earthy bitterness um so going off those flavor profiles that i found that were pretty consistent in all the fernets um, i started building my recipe from there and you know, I, I went on the drier side. I don't, I don't like sticky, sweet, sugary products in general. Um, and there are fernets out there that have a really sticky, sugary base. Um, and then on the other other, so you spectrum, don't like me. I mean, you're 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 sweet. <laughs> you're very wow. sweet. Um, yeah, but you're a little sticky as well. I mean, God damn it! <laughs> Give me that bottle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look. So um, when I get off of this, big time, off. I'll just say before you. I want you to reveal some of the botanicals. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to tell you what I taste first. Please. You want to do this together? You want to go in a little yeah, roundabout? Go. And actually, you guys, are, you guys are pretty me. good. You guys will probably hit on a lot of them. And I know, Damien, you, you had mentioned orris root Damon. before. Damien, sorry. Um, and, and we do use orris root in the... Yeah. yeah. You have to. And, and it is one of those components that it's not super it's, strong and it, it kind of disappears. It's a binding agent. But it, binding it does. Agent. Like it smooths yeah. things out. It blends it together. I'm getting a lot of different mints. But it's just mint right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm getting Minty. spearmint heavy. But not like in an intense way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Spear, then, spearmint, wintergreen, peppermint. Mm-hmm. Those are the three mints we use. Oh. Wow. Is that surprising this? It's got like, because it kind of comes across as like a. Susparilla, like birch beer, like kind barky, of like, like very barky. There's, there's yeah. some, I get a little bit of a cinnamony note. Mm-hmm. There's, there's licorice root and uh, oh, yeah, what it is. cherry bark. And that's like um, that. So I think that gives it kind of that, that almost cola like quality. No cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't think there's cinnamon. Oh, I, dude, I'll be honest with you. Out of the mm. 22 botanicals, I don't remember them all. I've, you I've know got what? my recipe. He's I fucking lying. He's <laughs> a fucking liar. He don't, will not give liar. us a goddamn I, recipe. I have it tattooed right here on my ass. Yeah, yeah, you, you caught on to what we were trying to do. It's proprietary. You're trying to not like. He won't tell us. Yeah, he won't fucking tell us. He said, "Can't tell you everything." It's it's actually just this packet I get. It's like a flavor packet. Cinnamon's the secret ingredient. He ordered it from the back pages of High Times magazine. <laughs> yeah, it's real absent. I bought it from the back pages of fucking High Times. Yeah, that, you guys else know everything except for the cinnamon note. <laughs> just getting like a, a strong a cinnamon note. bouillon cube, and I just <laughs> drop it in some Tito's. Honestly, though, I'm getting it, a lot of orange as well, like some citrus. But there's uh, there's Persian lime, dried Persian lime in there mm. for a little citrus note. To me, it's Persian like any kind of like citrus that's coming from this is more like kind of like on the. Kind of like bergamotty, mm-hmm. for sure. Like side of everything. Ber- yep. There's bergamot. Just... There's bergamot in there. Oh, there is. Yep. Okay. Cool. Chamomile. Um... Chamomile. We call it <laughs> cami. We call cami it cami. Little chams. In cam- down here in New York, we call it cami. <laughs> we just call it low key cami. Me. I gotta. I gotta hit, get hit to the hipster scene. You'll get there. Whoa. No, it's, just, yeah, it's cool. not the hipster scene. It's just it's anything. It's any, anyone's name in New York ends with a. Of an y I-E. or an I or an IE. I'm Thomas. Shit. But here I'm Tommy. You're Tommy. Tommy Tight Pants. You're you're Damie. <laughs> Damie. Hey, let's go talk to Damie. Hey, Damie. What's up, Damie? How you doing, buddy? We got Maddie fucking running the show today. We got you know. we got Tommy and Creamy and Damie. <laughs> yes, Doctor Creamy. <laughs> we got Doctor Ian Creamy. Ericky over here. <laughs> Ericky. Um, so what the fuck were we talking what, about, by the way? What, what else? We're, we're talking about, about, about the botanicals on the way to this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, Let's go back to that. Keep talking about how good it is, guys. I, I, love, I love to hear good, how good work. it is. Um, talking about cocktails with it, actually, it's it's really cool. It, it plays well with, um, I really like blending it with a, a rye or a bourbon. It does mm-hmm. well in, in whiskey-based let cocktails. Me, let me ask you this. Okay, so like the, we were talking about like Amaro and Fernet before, and the, you know, obviously with its, the origins coming from Italy and, and a lot of like Europe too. Like that, there's a lot of different versions of like. I mean, like one of my favorites is Bekarovka. Mm. Um, you know, from delicious. The Pub. And Ew. It's just great. Kidding. It's great. It's, it's, just, it's awesome. I'm just joking. Fucking you chill out. Okay, sorry. No, seriously, chill that shit oh, and yeah, take I'm a sorry, shot. Of <laughs> but like the uh, the thing is like there's. Oh, always this like conversation we have about like the difference of I mean like when you make an Amaro or a Fernet any kind of like herbaceous like botanical liqueur you're you're basically creating your own cocktail in a bottle right Mm -hmm. so then Mm -hmm. like a lot of the times like you don't like you don't see it in I mean obviously it's changed now but like very recently but like when you go to like say you go to Italy or France and like you have an Amaro or you have like chartreuse or something like that. Like they're like, wait, what are you, what are you doing with my shit? You're like putting it in a cocktail with other things. It's like, right. I've been doing this for centuries and it's been like heavily like guarded as a secret, you know, like a recipe. Those people are fucking stupid though. (laughs) Okay. Do you want to like sell your shit or do you not? Dude. How about you put it in a cocktail? Sure, sure. I, no, I get, I get that. Though. Well, the times it's have like, changed. It's a like bit. maybe put it's it like with soda. Maybe put it with tonic. Maybe put it on the rocks. 
maybe make a fucking sour <laughs> head. I don't fucking care. If it was my product, honestly, I would be making cocktails left and right. But you'd be thinking about KPIs. Let's move. You'd be thinking about KPIs for sure. Dude, That's a little dude, bit of uh, I, sales people jokes for I, you guys. Yeah. For, no. Out there. I'm actually, yeah. t- if, I, if it, this was my own brand, I would not give a fuck what about what you anybody, do with how it after anybody you sell did, it. What anybody did with it. Once you sell it to somebody, which is the whole fucking point of it, right? What if you well, loved you it so it? much and they split it with Red why Bull? Why did you put it on the market? <laughs> you could have just kept it to yourself. I know. Sometimes I feel like I should have. I mean, that, dude. I mean, honestly, okay. that's like, like, no, it's uh, um, we, like this is this is a very important like thing very to important. talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like, it's 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 interesting because as a distiller, as and, a modern distiller of a bitter spirit, this is something that you have to think about, right? Sure. Like or, the or, tradition, staying true to the tradition, correct? But also thinking about the modern like uh, application for it. But I I think it's true to anything as as an artist, if you if you will. Um, when you create something, you create it to be what it is, right? So you want it to stand alone. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of distillers, there's a lot of brewers, a lot of winemakers um, that that are really proud of their product and say, this is what it is, and, and I want it to stand up by itself. It's like it's like if you took the Mona Lisa and added your own detail to it. You don't do that, you know? Painted you, a you, don't, you don't, you don't buy famous pieces of art and then change them. Right. I understand what you're saying there. Um, so you could use a little longer this isn't, hair. This isn't, oil, this hair. isn't oil paint. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you can but, you can buy the Mona Lisa. Well, I can't, but maybe you can. Uh, if your brand rich. takes off very well, you know? Yeah. But you can buy the Mona Lisa and put it next to, like, an, other works of art. Sure. And then that makes the harmony. And that's the cocktail. Right. Sure. You know? I think, I mean, at this, I mean, I think in this Good one, kind of like a... I guess in this, like, I guess we, we call, right can we call it a new renaissance without me being like a huge yeah, asshole yeah, yeah. when Do I say it. that? Well, but you already said it. So, oh, uh, well, you already right, said well, it. So you. All right. Well, hey, everyone fucked. at home, just you know, consider what you want. Um, I think the most important part is when we taste a spirit. You know, we enjoy it. We know what it is. We understand the story. But there's no wrong way to open a bottle of booze and and pour it, right? I agree. Thank you. Totally. I, mean, I, I do whatever. I mean, neighbor every said. bottle. Well said. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> drink it. Drink it. And if you, you know, if you want it with ice, drink that. But you know, we. I can obviously encourage some other sort of situation. I butt chug it a lot of times. I mean, well, hey, again, <laughs> that's that's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up, my dude. Exactly. Uh, as long as you're body. I mean, as yeah, quickly as possible. I think this is a. This is a. A, a, not necessarily super robust, but it is delicate enough. How there's so much Fernet still in this bottle? This is crazy. I know, yeah, pour it, it up. Pour it up. It's definitely, it's definitely a drinking Fernet. It's yeah. It's, it's meant to be consumed. It's it's a very sessionable. Yeah. Can I say that about totally. a spirit? Oh, totally. for sure. I think you might have just coined it. Did you spirit. just coin it? I think yeah. I did. I think you might have just coined you motherfuckers. that. motherfuckers. Oh. I just did that. Uh, yeah. All right. Everyone at home, it's you can take that. It's a session for that. Is this a session for that? It's Nat? a session for that. Like Drink it by the pint. Oh. Damn The preferred service. Did you kind of do that to us? He literally just did it to us. And to you. He did it to you as well. God just did to us, man. That's actually really great. Here, God cheers, that. cheers on cheers, that. That one's yeah. like cheers. really great. Cheers. Absolutely. All right, Boys, we're not uh, okay. Sessionable is now the but, new funky. But also the the uh, session one of the style. okay. I, I want to kind of like get get towards wrapping this up. Uh, I mean, obviously we mm-hmm. I don't want to, but we have to. But I, I think that one of my 
favorite things about this spirit, outside of its sessionability, is the fact that it was actually made by a bartender. You know, it's someone who like worked in the industry, who like has a finger on the pulse and understands the mixing of flavors, and then distilling that into something that you put in a bottle and then you can give out to the world. Understands beer, wine. Yeah, I mean, you have to understand all these things. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a fermentation nerd, definitely into fermented mm-hmm. products, yeah. beer, um, wine, sake. I, I brewed sake in Japan for a little bit. That's awesome. And uh, you lived in Japan for a year. Yeah, yeah, I lived in Japan for a year. And Talk about your background studies. a little bit. You went cool. to you lived in Japan. You lived in Korea or India? Uh, India, uh, England. Motherfuckers all There's over dudes the place. out here fucking Belgium, Costa Rica. <laughs> um, yeah, I got. Well, I got that sounds like a whole other show, man. I mean, we we should actually. You know what we should do is uh, on the Heritage Radio Network. We have another show called Beer Sessions, uh, and we should have you on that show. We can do a crossover episode. Oh yeah, yeah. I can talk shop with Jimmy Carboni, and like we could talk about fermentation. Cool, There's also yeah. another I got this magic school bus. About it. I got this magic school bus that oh, I'm yeah. using for spontaneous yeah. fermentation. Oh man, um, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool stuff. But anyway, anyway <laughs> literally circling back, um, being in the industry and and working as a bartender and tasting things and deciding what flavor profiles I wanted and, and creating this fernet um, and knowing that it, it, it will be blended, it will be mixed in drinks. And so I'm, I'm okay with that. Totally cool with that. Like that's that's the point of it. And, and like that's Thomas the modern saying, side like, of like the 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 progression of the, the bitter category. Yeah. It's like it's, you're like, ah man, like this is gonna be awesome on its own, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it is. We're enjoying the hell out of it, but at the same time, you're like, you're not being uh, such a stickler to say, "Don't mix this." You know, you, like that's the old school mentality. Oh, oh yeah, play play with so it. So dated. Play I with hate it. it. I, I love I love going around town here and and going to all these really cool craft cocktail places and, and meeting people like you guys that have amazing palettes and are are super creative and giving you another another tool. That's what it is. Like here, man, throw this in your toolbox and see what you can make with this. One hundred percent, absolutely. And it's it's so fun to see, and, and everybody tastes it a little different and has a different idea. And you know, we can put this in a hundred bars in New York, and we'll have a hundred different cocktails, yeah. um, and they're all going to be delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's it's like uh, it's just growing this community, and um, you know, it's not it's not a pretentious drink, and it's you know, I'm not saying like put it on the shelf and don't don't let it touch anything else, like. Blend it, play with it. You know, sh- shoot it after a meal. Blend it with a cocktail. Like, I, I know, know I will. You or know, just dump it all over sip yourself. It just while take a you're bath on a radio interview. Yeah. Um, honestly, like the, the my my favorite my favorite thing about bartending and and being in bars, like as a customer too, is like it's not about like as a bartender, you're not you're not creating. I mean, obviously, you're creating cocktails and stuff like that, but it's not, that's not what it's all about. You're not making drinks. You're creating an experience it's about. It's actually it's, really trying about get, trying to get laid. <laughs> God damn it. I thought you were asleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like you... Like the, the old school mentality of old herbal liqueur distillation... Mm-hmm. To where we're at now and what you're doing. It's, no, it's like not your grandpa's booze anymore. You're respecting the classics, but you're also like moving into the future, right? So like it's all about like creating the, the full experience. Like you said, putting the Mona Lisa up next to like I don't know, like uh Mark Maggiore 
it, or or my paintings, or, yeah, which are terrible. Paintings, yeah. You know, it's like it's blending the whole thing together and like making the sum is like better than all the parts together. You know, so like you're like a part of of that, and that's really it's really great. Mm-hmm. You're contributing to the whole the whole of it, the, the, know, the movement, yeah, yeah. being nice. part of the community, even you know, the, cool. the creative artistic, and you're also community. like able to inspire people who are going to come around to check it out, and people to come after you. So. That's really cool. That's really important. Sure, thanks. Guys, uh, it's been great having you on the show today. It's been great being here. Thank um, you so much. Thanks for having us, Damon. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Um, I, I would welcome you uh, anytime you'd like to come back to the studio. Come and sit down. Have some uh, some more for Nat. And totally. We'll, yeah. we'll yeah. just continue talking shop. In the That's meantime, you, you can find for yeah, Me show in, uh, in New York City. Somewhere, uh, I got my Lauber reps here that <laughs> yeah, we'll, aren't, aren't quite sure yet stay where, posted. where it's going to be, but it'll, it'll probably sell out like immediately after yeah, the show. Basically, so, it'll be sold. Out. Um, yeah, for, for the listeners out there, yeah. sorry, it's going to be They're just going to retire. But, um, yeah, line up at your local liquor shop and, and beat down the walls and tell them to carry the Fernet Me show and have, have a little splash if you can get You it. can also come to uh, Souther's Bars, mm-hmm. as many bars. You can come to uh, Grand yeah. Army. <laughs> And Grand Army, out. great place. Memoria uh, Margo. Yeah. Killing it. Great. And, uh, Love it there. Yeah. And so uh, check it out. Like, look yeah, it up. As long as Souther decides, you know, to answer our phone calls and carry <laughs> for me show. He's very busy. Souther, if you're listening, I'm, I'm sure I will he's find super you. busy. He's a really busy <laughs> he's guy. He's busy writing his next book on, <laughs> yeah. uh, not not on his iPhone this time. Mm-hmm. He actually went and bought an old Motorola he bought an iPad? Razor. Oh my God. <laughs> no way. Got, oh, I, thought a, I thought he was a razor. Full typewriter. And he's writing is. He's yeah. writing a new book on a razor. Speaking of old traditions, style point. <laughs> that must be why it's taking him so long to yeah. pick up for He's doing show. T9. He's using yeah. T9 to write the whole thing. So. Totally. <laughs> so that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Uh, check out Heritage Radio Network for many other programs like this one. But also, please do go to our website and click on the beating heart to donate to the station because that's what keeps us going that's what keeps us drinking beautiful fernet like this with friends like mine all right until next week guys cheers fellas cheers so you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load knows that country music's gonna save your soul the Want more of the Speakeasy? Follow us and ask questions on Instagram at Speakeasy Podcast or on Twitter at Speakeasy Radio. You can find Damon at Damon Bolte and you can find me at Creative Drunk on all platforms. Take a moment to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform and give us a star rating, five if possible. If you're visiting New York City or a resident, stop by the studio and hang out with us during an episode. Reach out beforehand to make sure we'll be here. We'd love to see you. And please support our show by visiting HeritageRadioNetwork.org and clicking on the beating heart to donate. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? 
Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.